lessons now, we've been looking at and kind of comparing Jesus and what he did with the book of Exodus and some different ones of those events that we see. But right now, what I want us to do is I want us to take a closer look at, at Jesus and Moses and kind of compare the two, maybe even contrast the two a little bit, specifically how they were both mediators of the covenant. Of course, Moses, he was the mediator of the first covenant, but then, or the, the old covenant, and then now Jesus, he is the mediator of this new covenant. So let's take a look at a few passages in the Bible uh, that make some of these comparisons for us and, and show us more and more about what Jesus did and how he was similar to Moses, but yet for this new covenant in which we now live. The first passage I want us to look at comes to us from Acts chapter 3. Now, Acts 2 is the very first gospel sermon, so this is kind of like the second one that we have recorded. And in Acts chapter 3, if you remember, uh, Peter and John, you know, a couple of the apostles, they have just actually healed a man. And then after that healing, they're given an, uh, an audience and they need to give a defense for what they're doing and, and why they're speaking in this name of Jesus. And this is what they continue on and, and talk about it and say about Jesus himself. And this is really kind of how they're defending Jesus's ministry and Jesus being this mediator and this prophet that he is. In Acts chapter 3, verses 22 through 26, once again, we're jumping into this sermon. This is what, uh, what is stated here. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off of their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent 
him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So this statement that's made by Peter and John right here and this defense that they give for Jesus is that even Moses himself was told by God that the Lord is going to raise up a prophet like Moses. Well, that prophet like Moses, what's being stated right here is that's Jesus Christ. In fact, if you kind of pay attention to a few different passages in the Gospels, John chapter 1 comes to mind, but there's several others uh, throughout the Gospels too. People ask Jesus, they, they ask him this kind of strange question to us at least. They say, are you the prophet? What they're asking is, are you this prophet? Are you this prophet that the, the nation of Israel is waiting for? The prophet that is going to be raised up that's like Moses. The prophet that everybody has got to listen to. So when they ask Jesus that question, are you the prophet? They're asking him, are you this prophet? And the answer that Jesus gave and really the, the disciples of Jesus, what they give is yes. He is that prophet that has come like Moses. And just like Moses, how everything kind of changed around that time. I mean, it's not by accident that we call it the law of Moses. Yeah, it's a law of God, but Moses was that mediator. And mediator is just kind of a fancy word that, that says that he's the one that, that is the go-between. He's the one that, that received it from God and gave it to us as people. And Jesus Christ, he does the same type of thing. He receives these things from the Father and he gives them to us as people. He was this same type of prophet like Moses. He's also more than that, but he's at least like that prophet um, like Moses was. So this is stated even very, very, very early on. I mean, this is the second gospel sermon, like I said before, and already we see these connections between Moses and Jesus. I mean, Moses was a pretty important character to the, the Israelite people, and Jesus has got to be just as important, and really the point here is he's got to be even more important in their mind. Um, but there's several other connections that we can make and that we can see some of these, these ways in which Jesus was like uh, a prophet like Moses. Now this morning, what we looked at is Matthew chapter four, where Jesus was led out into the wilderness and how he was tempted. Well, this is what we read in chapter four, verses one and two. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And then of course, we, we looked at this this morning. He gets into all of these different temptations with Satan, but then he responds in a way that eventually what happens in verse 11 is, then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So that's the story that we have in Matthew's gospel, that Jesus responded. He passed the test in the wilderness. And this, this testing, this time period that was given for this shows us in verse two that it was 40 days and 40 nights. Now, uh, yes, it's it's kind of jokingly stated sometimes, and I, I know that, uh, that sometimes people say, you know, look, if you're in Sunday school and people ask you for uh, what is the right answer of something, you know, it's a good one to go with Jesus. Of course, Jesus is, is oftentimes the right answer. But then whenever your teacher is looking for a number, if you say 40, that's a pretty good guess because a lot of things happened with 40. But really what I want us to see is there is something that specifically happened with these 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus is talked about happening in the wilderness. But then also there's something connected with Moses himself. So let's look at some of those connections and the number uh, 40. In Exodus chapter 34, verses 27 through 28, 
Notice how 40 days and 40 nights show up in this passage. Then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words. For in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So when you look right here, this passage in Exodus 34 is talking about this time in the wilderness, this time that was spent actually on the mountain. And this time was 40 days and 40 nights, is what verse 28 tells us. That time was spent in fasting as well. Isn't that interesting? I don't think it's by accident that the 40 days and 40 nights were spent in fasting with Moses. And those 40 days and 40 nights were also spent fasting with Jesus. And that's what we see in the wilderness, that Jesus is kind of receiving this covenant. He is being the mediator of this new covenant that we have. Now, Moses, this covenant that he was receiving was this covenant that was connected with the Ten Commandments, the one that we consider the law of Moses. That's the covenant for which he is the mediator. He is the go-between, the one who, who received these things from the Lord and gave them to human beings. Well, Jesus is the same type of prophet. He receives things from the Father and he gives them to us. This is one passage that tells us that, that makes it specifically plain and, and makes this connection, this importance about Moses receiving this first covenant. Well, this isn't the only passage, though, that even talks about the 40 days and 40 nights. We see that it shows up again in Deuteronomy chapter 9. And in this passage, what I want to do is I want to take a little bit of time and, and read you some of the surrounding verses. Because the main reason why I want you to see these surrounding verses is the fact that we find out that Israel as a nation, it didn't go well for them in the wilderness because they, they failed God. They didn't live up to their calling. And contrast that with Jesus. Jesus himself, he lived up to that calling. He lived up to that challenge. And he endured that temptation. And he came out ahead. Now, notice this contrast, though, and see kind of some of this this bad news that is given to us in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 7 through, 7 through 10 at this time. Now, this is Moses speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you have been rebellious against the Lord. At Horeb, you aroused the Lord's wrath so that he was angry enough to destroy you. When I went up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that God, I'm sorry, that the Lord had made with you. I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water. The Lord gave me two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. On them were all the commandments the Lord proclaimed to you on the mountain out of the fire on the day of the assembly. This passage right here, it talks about that time of the 40 days and the 40 nights. And it specifically mentions this was a time of fasting for Moses. This time that he's talking about is this time that he was receiving the covenant. And he was getting ready to pass this covenant on to the people. But notice, even beginning in verse 7, the whole purpose of him bringing this up is to show them they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't openly receive this covenant and obey this covenant. They rebelled. In fact, he said that they've been in rebellious, uh, they've been in rebellious states against the Lord from the day that they left Egypt until they arrived there. That's what he says in verse 7. He says this to this nation, that they have been rebellious. They have angered the Lord. And if you want a little more details about that account, 
this in Deuteronomy 9, it does continue on. Verses 11 through 16. At the end of the 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord told me, go down from here at once because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have turned away quickly from what I commanded them and have made an idol for themselves. And the Lord said to me, I have seen this people and they are a stiff-necked people indeed. Let me alone so that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make you into a nation stronger and more numerous than they. So I turned and went down from the mountain while it was ablaze with fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were in my hands. When I looked, I saw that you had sinned against the Lord your God. And you had made for yourselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. And you had turned aside quickly from the way that the Lord had commanded you. That's what we're reading about here in Deuteronomy 9. He is reminding them of that time that they made that golden calf. In the wilderness. They didn't do well with that testing. They were tested and they failed. This passage right here, we see that statement again of the 40 days and the 40 nights. It's within that time that he received this covenant and he gave it and he delivered it to the people. All the while that he was receiving it though, they were failing God. Jesus is different. Jesus is better than this. He's a better mediator, and this covenant that we have is a better covenant. Not because it, it's a new covenant. Whatever is the newest is, is the greatest. I actually don't really believe that. I think sometimes things that are older are, are better. But in this passage, what we see is it's a better covenant, not because it's new, but because it genuinely is a better covenant because of Jesus Christ and the part that he's played in all of this. This covenant is brought up in connection with Jesus' life. Toward the end of his life, if you remember, he gave us this to remember him by. He gave us this uh, this meal to remember him by. And he did it within the context of a Passover meal. Let's look at that together. In Matthew chapter 26, this is what we typically call the Lord's Supper today. This account we might even call the, the last supper that he had with his disciples. But it takes place and it is connected to a Passover meal. Once again, you see this connection between uh, Moses and the time of Jesus. I mean, that's what Passover was all about. It was to remind the nation of Israel of what the Lord did during that time that, that Moses lived, during that time that the Lord passed over. So in Matthew chapter 26, verses 19 and 20, we read, so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And it was within that, that occasion that he talked with them. He spoke with them. This was one of his last meetings that he was going to be having. They didn't understand that. He understood that though. And he understood that it was at this time and through these actions that were shortly going to take place that this covenant was going to be handed over truly to his disciples. Jesus knows all these things and he wants us to remember this account in history. Now let's look at verses 26 through 29. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This passage, this night, this evening, this Passover meal, was a chance that Jesus took 
to bring new meaning into these old symbols and to, to teach them something, to teach them that the covenant is changing. There is this new covenant. In verse 28, he says, this is my blood of the covenant. He is saying, this is my blood of the new covenant. And with Jesus' sacrifice, he brought in this new covenant, this new covenant for which we are now living under, this new covenant for which it is better than the old one. We have a better mediator than that of Moses. Moses was a great character, and I love learning about his life and, and sharing things about his life. But Moses was not as great as Jesus. Jesus was better in every way. And Jesus ushered in, he gave us this new covenant. Let's make sure that we follow this new covenant. Let's do better than they did with that first covenant. Let's try our best to be faithful to it. Let's actually be faithful to it. Jesus's blood is this blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We live in a time, we live in a covenant that gives us true forgiveness of sins. That's reason to rejoice. And that's just the start of the great things that are found in this new covenant of God. Let's make sure that we, we study the scriptures. Let's find out more and more about this new covenant in which we live. Let's make sure that we share this news with other people so that they can also be able to receive forgiveness of sin and to be able to follow Jesus Christ in this time of the new covenant. Am I fully serving from within? Speak of heaven, live in sin. A great change must take place in my mind. Christ will Oh